Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Once again, we have a great interview for you. And today I'm particularly excited to introduce you to Rachel Thompson. Now, I'm going to tell you just briefly a little bit about Rachel. Rachel has a business called Mind, Body, and Spirit Entrepreneur. She has a podcast, Mindful Mondays, and the 9 to 5 Dropout Show. She has a barking dog. And my bet would be there are interesting stories behind and through each of those ventures and why Rachel's doing that. So Rachel, with that little bit of introduction, what would you like folks to know about you? Hey, um, well, I think my dogs gave me an introduction. So thank you, Gus and Terry. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I guess the, the main thing I would love people to know is that I follow the path that I thought I should take and the path that I was told my entire life would lead to success and happiness and what I should do. So I did the undergrad, graduate school, nine to five job, bought a house, you know, probably was really set up to start this life in my mid to late 20s. And, and then I just decided that it didn't make me happy. And you know what? I went to undergrad and grad school in fields that weren't necessarily a right fit. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew that I couldn't base my future decisions on my past anymore. I couldn't stay in the field I was in just because I had spent so much time and so much effort in that field. So I actually moved to a new city, a new state, hours away from friends and family, and I decided to start a business. And I had no business experience. And it was hard. I mean, I faced a lot of barriers just from my lack of experience and lack of knowledge, but I would say the majority of my barriers came from within me. It came from not feeling good enough. It came from being very insecure and feeling very defensive about my decisions because the rest of the world didn't necessarily understand. And I felt like I just always had to defend myself, but I knew in my heart what I was doing was right. So it's been um, a process of, of years of work on myself and learning about business and growing my business. It was worth it. So I guess the one thing I would like the audience to know is just if you know something within your heart, if something is not a right fit, if you know something else is out there for you, you know, we, we just have this, this lifetime. So, so take advantage of it and go after it, even if it's terrifying. And even if there's not a single person who really understands what you're doing or why you're doing it, because once you get to the other side, it's going to be worth it. So now I'm going to back you up just a minute. Cause I'm curious, is the business that you started in the beginning when you moved all that distance, is that the business you're still doing today? Or was that, did you have like a start business and then you morph? How did you proceed forward? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that was my starter business. I originally planned on opening up a pet store. As you can tell, I love dogs. The area that I live in is very dog friendly. And that is what I went to. Um, I went to business classes. I got a business mentor. I created a business plan. 
based on, I sold my house where I used to live and I was going to use that money that I got to fund this business. So yeah, I created this business plan. I'm looking for locations. I had a very specific area that I wanted to open it in, which made it difficult um, to find a location. And my business mentor suggested that I start doing this online. And I just start just a simple online boutique. And I do that while I continue to look for locations. And I'm very grateful that it worked out that way. And looking back, it was frustrating. But where I am now, I'm so grateful that I didn't find a location because I started this online business. And I made a lot of mistakes because I was learning about business. I didn't know what I was doing. There was just issues with manufacturers. And I, there was just a slew of issues, like things just weren't working out. And, and that was a piece of it. But another piece of it was I was really rediscovering who I was and what I wanted to do. And I went on this personal journey because I had so much fear and anxiety and doubt and feelings of unworthiness that were really brought to the surface when I'm trying to run this new business, that I knew that I had to work on some things within me before I was going to be able to live this life that I, I knew I'd be able to live and I really wanted to live. So I went on a whole personal journey through this. And that's where my current business, it, it, it kind of grew out of that. And so that's where mind, body and spirit grew out of. And you know, the, the main focus of this business is really working from the inside out to live this happy and purposeful life that we all desire and we all deserve. So I had my other business and I, I let that go. And, you know, I, I found that my true passion really lies in what I'm doing now. You know, really fostering that healthy self-worth, that healthy mindset, you know, the mind, body and spirit so that we can then take that, take that energy, take that mindset and present our gifts to the world and find that material success that will then match who we know we are as a person. So yeah, I definitely had a starter business. It was great. I made a lot of mistakes and it really forced me to look at myself and it allowed me to grow into who, <clears throat> who I needed to be to start the business that I am currently running. I like how you frame that, that that really allowed you to become who you are today and, and discover yourself, granted, with other work involved in it. I think oftentimes folks feel like when they start something, they have to know how it's going to end up and that it's going to end up perfect rather than being willing to do the work and get their knees bumped and bruised. And then even if it becomes necessary, say, that wasn't it, but this is now. And But not make it a failure, make it a discovery process. Absolutely. And that was another hard part. So I quit my nine to five and I'm telling everybody, like, I'm starting this business. You know, people are supportive, but of course we were like, oh, are you sure? And so I told the world I was doing that. And then when that business, when I transitioned into the new business, there was a part of me that knew it wasn't a failure, but there was that other part of me that when I people, I felt like I was a failure. And so that was definitely, it was a lesson. And it was something that, that helped me grow whenever I, I went through it. Because I know, again, looking back, I know that if I didn't have the idea to start that new, to start that pet boutique, I would never be where I am now. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no way. It's like I needed that. 
But at the time, whenever I did make the decision to really, I'm not going to look for locations anymore. I'm shutting down my online shop. There was that part of me that's like, you failed. But then that like inner knowing was like, no, no, no. This was just a very important step on your journey. So absolutely. It's so important, I think, for a lot of people to hear that. Um, and it's, it's a journey. Like this whole life is a journey. There's no end game. The more you can view it as that, it takes a lot of pressure off of you and it makes the process a lot more fun. And that's really what it should be all about is just enjoying the ride. Do you have any like tricks or mind things that you do for yourself when you hear that inner critic or that worry come up to help you kind of quiet it so you can connect into the true essence of who you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that just being aware of it and, and knowing what it is is probably the biggest thing. And I do have like different visuals. Like I have, I kind of, I can't even explain what mine looks like, but I have a little visual for him. And I am very much into meditation and visualizations and things like that. And so I just imagine that I'm like surrounding that inner critic with a beautiful white positive light. And then I'm very conscious to either say some positive affirmations or, you know, just give myself some encouragement because I, I've tried to fight it. Like I tried to argue with it. And, you know, the saying is so true, whatever you resist persists. Cause if you argue, then it's going to have an argument back and you can just go back and forth in your head forever. But if you can just kind of recognize it for what it is, I, like I said, I like to surround it with white light. Sometimes I just let it kind of float out. And I experience that voice telling me that you're going to fail or causing me fear. I allow myself to feel the fear. And then it just kind of dissipates. You know, whereas I think whenever I first started this journey, I argued with it. And then I tried to suppress the fear like, oh, no, no, I'm not scared. I, I can do this. But I have come to the realization that if I just let this fear come up, that all pass through me. And then and then I'm done with it. So yeah, it, it, and I know everybody has their own technique, um, but I think it is very important to find a way that works for you to deal with that inner critic and know that that inner critic is not you. You know, it comes from conditioning. It comes from years of having these limiting beliefs kind of just jammed into our brain, but it's not you. You know, it's just, yeah, it, it, you can see it as separate from yourself which was really a big thing for me. Once I could see it as separate, then I guess I stopped listening to it. It would still talk, but I didn't really value what it had to say. It's um, like the Peanuts cartoons with the little wah, 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 wah. Yes, exactly. I see your mouth moving, but I'm not really listening to you. Thank you very (laughs) much. But, you know, you're right. If you do argue and fight with it, you're fully engaged with it like it or lump it, you know, so it it sticks around a little longer that way. Mm -hmm. Um, What other kinds of um, practices or habits do you have that allow you to, because you've got your, you know, your mind, body and spirit business, you have your mindful Mondays and your dropout show. In fact, before you even tell me about your habits, why don't you explain to folks the difference between those things and what you do with them? Yeah, so uh, Mind, Body, and Spirit Entrepreneurs, like the parent 
company and I have, that's where I produce everything from my podcast and I have books and I have online courses and that is really just helping people figure out what their life purpose is, but doing it, as I mentioned in the beginning, working from the inside out. So I have a lot of um, uh, different like mindset tools, but then I also have beginning basic tools. So, you know, so once you develop that healthy mindset, you know, the next step, a lot of people just don't know how to take the steps necessary. And so I have a beginning basics um, course and books. I also have a finding your life purpose book that kind of just takes you step by step through a lot of this self exploration process. So that's kind of the parent company. My mindful Mondays is really, it's more of a mindset or spiritual kind of podcast. I have a reflection every week where we can set intentions. And I decided to call it Mindful Mondays and release it on Mondays because everybody hates Mondays. And not only do we hate Mondays, but Sunday nights are ruined thinking about Mondays. So I wanted to help my listeners transform the way that they saw Mondays. And so we have this reflection episode with a new intention and it really varies. I mean, I've had mindfulness challenges. You know, I had a whole series talking about finding your Dharma, which is really just a Sanskrit word for uh, life purpose. Um, We talk about self-love. Like we talk about all the different, all, all sorts of stuff, but there's always an intention. So this week, this is something I'm going to focus on. And then I also have a guided meditation that's released that goes along with the topic. So if we're talking about self-love and that's our intention for the week, then I'll put out a guided meditation that really helps you foster that sense of loving yourself and worthiness during your meditative practice. So that's Mindful Mondays. The 9 to 5 Dropout Show is just me interviewing all different types of 9 to 5 dropouts. People who had the the regular job, kind of like how... I did, you know, you you did everything you you thought you're supposed to do, didn't make you happy. And then I talked to everybody. I mean, I talked to like marketing people and people that could really help in business. But I also talked to, um, I talked to a boxer who turned entrepreneur. He was a professional boxer and then he opened up a gym and he like has all these patents for different things. Uh, I've talked to different authors. I talked to a rocket scientist who turned into a fiction author. Now she writes all these science fiction and mystery novels. So I just get to talk to a bunch of really interesting people who made these big shifts in their life because they knew that they had this passion they wanted to pursue. And so I just kind of pick their brain a little bit. And the purpose is to give people first a realistic view of what entrepreneurship is like. Because a lot of the the guests I have on my show were working on this side business for five, seven years before they quit their nine to five job. So I want to give listeners a realistic view of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. But I also want to give that motivation to and that inspiration to let people know like all these people are just like you. They're in the same boat as you and they pursued their passion and this is where they're at and this is how they did it. So yeah, lots of different stuff. I I love it all. It's all it's all beautiful in a unique way and it really serves the needs of my audience and It's just great that I get to help people kind of push through, kind of like how you're doing, kind of push through some of these fears or some of these barriers so they can live life to the fullest. 
It's really fun, actually. Plus, you get to meet great people and ask some fun questions, which one of my questions to you is, have there been two or three consistent themes that you have noticed or that people have offered up when you've interviewed them? Let me think about that for a second. A big theme among a lot of people has been the stress that the nine to five job, it, it took a toll on their, on their health. And I, I wasn't expecting this theme. I mean, this wasn't something that I personally, it didn't, I, I wouldn't say my nine to five took a, a toll on my health. I, that was something I did find a balance with. So I guess I'm kind of surprised that when in talking to people, a lot of people were hospitalized, um, basically told like, if you do not change your life, something bad's going to happen. And that has been a running theme. Um, so that's been one. And then, you know, they really, that's, that was kind of the wake up call for a lot of people to say, to really reevaluate what they were doing. And if this nine to five was really worth their health and, and, you know, developing things like diabetes and heart disease. So that was one, I would say another one was a lot, a lot, a lot of the entrepreneurs started their business as a side hustle. Like I mentioned, it, um, not a lot of people were able to just quit their job. You know, I mean, I think we all have this visual of like just walking into our boss's office and be like, I quit. And then you just go start this amazing business. Like most of them knew that they wanted to do that and they planned for it. And they woke up at five o'clock in the morning and worked on their business for a couple hours before work. They didn't come home and binge watch Netflix. I mean, they worked once they got off work at five or six, they worked until it was time to go to sleep and they planned financially and they started to uh, build up their business um, it, it, before they actually quit their nine to five. So I would say those just off the top of my head, those would be the two themes that stuck out to me. Those are pretty powerful. And I would imagine that especially if many of them had wake up calls about their health, the idea of um, going cold turkey without an income would have been a lot of extra added stress. Yeah, exactly. It's like not a good health move. No. <laughs> and, you know, Rachel, it's funny that you say that, that you didn't have that stress with your job when you decided to leave your nine to five. I'm not certain you wouldn't have, though, if you had, hadn't done that. I mean, and taken a really bold move to just go and follow something that you trusted in your gut was right for you versus um, living up to the expectations that others had for you based on past behavior and school and education. That's what, yeah, I completely agree with that. Absolutely agree. Um, I noticed a huge, I, I would say that I didn't have any yet have any um, issues with my physical health but my mental health drastically improved. So I guess I had to take a step back there because that's as important. Um, so I can take myself back to when I was working that nine to five and it was just a like blah. I just felt blah. Like I never really felt good or fulfilled. And, yeah. and now I do. Yeah, like, I don't think we're meant to feel blah. Uh, no, I don't no. think so. And even when you're in jobs, or I know for myself, I've been in jobs that other people might say, well, those are kind of boring or routine. Sometimes, though, if you're there's a piece of them that you can really have fun with, so you don't feel blah about it. But there's that feeling of like, it's, not, you know, you could do more with mm -hmm. versus feeling blah, totally disconnected. And like, you're just 
passing time. Then you come home and you're tired. It's hard to get engaged in things. So I do that mental piece is big and it's slippery because you don't notice it all the time. There's nothing outward and people tell you you look fine or well, you look good. You're, you know, you're thinking, mm-hmm. not feeling like myself. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just really commend you on making that move sooner and for helping other people get their stories out. Mm, well, thank you. Yes, it's, I, I've loved it. I loved it. And it makes me sad sometimes when I see that that people are in a position where they're feeling blah. And I'm not trying to say that in a judgmental way at all. It's just because I know that feeling. And so if I can give anybody just a nugget of information or like a little bit of inspiration or one strategy that kind of helps them start to see the light or pushes them just one step further. I mean, that's my goal. That's all I want. We all deserve to be happy and we need to, we need to realize that we're worth that, that we're worth that happiness. And I think a lot of life, it kind of beats us down and we just accept. We're just like, okay, well, this is the way it is, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't. And it's easy. It sounds easy to say that. And as you said yourself, you did a lot of work, interior work, as you moved forward, not instead of moving forward, but as you were moving forward and kept covering pieces. I agree that sometimes we think about as soon as I'm ready, I can make a change. Or as soon as X happens, I'll be ready to think about changing over here. But that that point never shows up because we're, at least in my experience and in folks I work and talk with, we never feel 100% ready. We might get to 80%, 85% and go, I can do this, you know, and I might be scared anyway. When you decided to move away from your friends and family, were you going, I got this? Or were you, did you have fears and doubts? Oh, yeah. Lots of fears and doubts. And I love how you brought up the point of how we always want to wait until we're ready. Because I, I dealt with that every single step along my journey. So not even the big decisions, like not even the decision to move or the decision to start a business and not get the nine to five. You know, of course, it was a part of that. But I mean, little decisions like, well, I really know I should develop a bigger presence on um, social media, but I'm not ready yet. I, I really know the podcast. I had that podcast idea and somebody had, I had gone to this entrepreneurship mastermind, just somebody who's very big into podcasting and very successful was telling me like, you need to turn this Mindful Mondays idea into a podcast. And I waited a long time because I didn't feel ready. It, who am I to have a podcast? Like, I don't know enough information. Once I finally just pushed myself and said, okay, you know what? I think I'm going to start this podcast. I learned how to set it up. I mean, in like a couple days. I mean, there's free YouTube videos. There's Udemy courses. There's so much information out there. I made a little studio for myself. I just got a simple microphone. I, I downloaded a free program to record it in. <clears throat> there was there was nothing really that was stopping me from doing that a year earlier or six months earlier besides myself and not feeling ready. So yeah, it, I liked how you said, we're never going to be ready. You might be 80 or 85% ready, but the more we can just realize 
we're never going to be ready. And a lot of it is just pushing ourselves, just like jumping into the deep end and knowing that we're going to be okay. Knowing like there's nothing like absolutely terrible that can happen with most of these things. It's just that fear and we, we psych ourselves out. So yeah. We get uncomfortable and we mm-hmm. don't like being uncomfortable. I remember, and this has been many years ago, I was volunteering. I was doing crisis intervention work. That's all for the most part for folks who don't know. When you're doing crisis intervention, it's frequently over the phone. Sometimes it's in person, but more frequently it's at odd hours when people are in crisis and no one's available. And one of my cases was going to be taken to court because it was a rape case. And and the DA says, well, I'm going to need you in the courtroom to testify. (laughs) I'm thinking it's not happening. I am not going front and center. And he just looked at me and here's this guy. He was tall. And you know, you have this whole, he was your typical courtroom lawyer. He looked very confident, squared shoulders, his suit. He goes, oh no, it'll be fine. I'll be there with you. And I said, I don't think I can do it. I said, I just talking to you about it is like, I feel sick. What if I don't do a good job? And so he looked at me and he says, first of all, you'll be fine. And he says, I need you to know that every time I step into a courtroom, I'm nervous. And I'm thinking, really? Wow. He goes, no, I'm nervous. And I will tell you the day that I step in and I don't have butterflies in my stomach, what I know is I just don't care enough about the job anymore. He said, I think about being nervous and that anticipation as me caring enough to do a great job. And he said, so all you have to do with those butterflies, just stick them in formation and show up. I'll take care of you. <laughs> to this day, I remember him saying that. It's like, they're fine. The butterflies are fine. Put them in formation and show up. Yes. Um, yes. I absolutely love that. Isn't it great? Well, uh-huh. because here he is. He's been, pre- he's the DA of the county. He's been in law a long time and he still got nervous. Mm-hmm. And he's, he goes, when you are that detached from your work that you don't get nervous, you might not care enough. Mm-hmm. And so it, but it reframed that for me. And, and it just helped me go, okay, I don't feel a hundred percent. I've got enough to walk in the door though, or yeah. just, to do the research, right? To do what you did with your podcast and learn the YouTube or whatever um, and start. I think that so often we have this idea of people who are doing what we would ideally want to do. Just like we're born this way. Just we're just born fantastic and they don't have fear. But I love how you said, you know, somebody that just came off so confident. And of course, like, of course he doesn't get nervous, right? No, he, he's... He admitted that every single time before he goes into court, he has butterflies. And that's what I've come to find, too. I used to be very nervous to network, to meet entrepreneurs. I felt like they were above me, like they knew all these things. They were so professional. And who am I to try to interact with them? But the more you talk to people on a personal level and, you know, I'm hearing your story, you're hearing my story, like. We can really relate. We have, we've dealt with the same fears. We've dealt with similar struggles. So yeah, I love that story. I think it's a perfect example for how we kind of psych ourselves out and think that everybody else, they, they're all good. Like they have it. They and got they, it together. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's not like that at all. No, we're still like kids on a playground going into kindergarten. Where we're going, oh, I wonder if any of my friends are here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Will I know anybody in the new grade? So. Uh-huh. 
It is that same feeling. It is. It's kind of, it's interesting to step back. Rachel, what do you do with these three things you've got going on? What do you do for yourself to stay balanced or to make sure you recharge and rejuvenate yourself? Mm -hmm. Well, I have to practice what I preach or else I feel like a hypocrite. And so I talk a lot about finding balance in life and uh, meditating and working on yourself. And I continue to work on myself every single day. I mean, there are still tons of things that are just coming to the surface and I'm having to work through and I'm having to process. And it's actually a blessing because I'm able to then take my experience and share that with my audience. So some of the things I do I meditate every single day and I make sure that I'm five to six days a week. I am walking my dogs and getting out in nature and going to the park with them. You know, I work out three to six times a week. You know, I just have classes and stuff that I, I really enjoy. And those are my times not to think. You know, so when I walk my dogs, it can be really hard, especially if I have a lot of stuff on my mind, um, not to try and like process everything or plan, but I try to make that a time that I spend either, I'm either listening to a book on tape about something, you know, some sort of personal growth, or I'm just contemplating and meditating and I'm just enjoying the moment and trying to be mindful. So I would say, yeah, the the three biggest things would be the meditation, um, getting exercise in the way that I like it and making sure I get out in nature with my dogs who I love very much. (laughs) If you were to meet Rachel before you ever went to college and did your undergrad and started this major life journey, is there any advice you would give yourself or a heads up that might make the path forward more clear? Mm. <laughs> I always think about this. I think about if I, if I was to do it again, if I'd even go to college, I had such an amazing college experience. I think I would still go because I just really liked, I loved learning and I loved going to the classes and I met some great friends. So I really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> but it, I'm not really using it too much now. So and it's a lot of money. Um, so I, I think that I would tell her that she's worthy and her ideas and what she wants to do is okay. And to stop trying to please everybody and stop trying to look around to see what everybody's doing and compare yourself to all of them and make your decisions based on that. But to really spend that time finding who you are, that unique, beautiful person, who you are, that no, you can't compare yourself to anybody else because it's just you. I mean, it's just unique and it's you as an individual and there's nobody quite like you. And to embrace that and make every single decision from that place. And I, yeah, I don't know where I would be if I was able to tell 18-year-old Rachel that. <laughs> so any 18-year-olds who are listening or anybody who has 18-year-olds who are listening, that would be the piece of advice that I would give them. Because I feel like we spend way too much time comparing ourselves and basing well, our decisions on that. And now even more, right, with all of the social media, and it's so easy to compare, and you don't even necessarily realize you're doing it. No, it's natural that it, yeah, it just happens all the time, and we're always on some form of social media. You need to be that much more aware. You do, but it's an opportunity to meditate on awareness or be aware of, like, the distractions and those kinds of voices that pop up. Absolutely. 
Rachel, I know that you have a lot more you can share with folks. Where would you like folks who want to know more about you and what you're up to? What's the best place for people to find you and connect with you? Yeah, so you can just go to my website, uh, Mind, Body, and Spirit Entrepreneur. It's www.mymbse.com. So mymbse.com. And if you go there, then you can find the links to both of my podcasts. Uh, Mindful Mondays comes out every Monday. It's on iTunes and um, all of them. iTunes, Google, it's on YouTube. Uh, the same with the 9 to 5 dropout show. So yeah, I would say those would be the, the best places to find me. And we'll put a link to your website into the notes. So if folks are just looking there, they can take a quick hyperlink on over and visit you. Um, Perfect. Rachel, I want to thank you for spending time with us today. I love what you're doing. I think that your tripod approach, you know, your overarching company, but then your tools and your podcasts and your teaching are so powerful. And I know that there are many people who you may never meet, but who are benefiting from your work. Thanks for helping to make us all better. Well, well, thank you very much. And thank you for having me on the show. I really enjoyed this conversation. So that's it for this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.